This is the EVP Podcast. And we are back to episode 62. Holy Three. shit. What's up, y'all? 63. It's the EVP Podcast. Energy, visions, and the paranormal with your host, Ghosty. DVO. I'm Beaker. And this is episode 63. 63. It's 63? Yeah. Oh, 62 was... Last Shame. week, yes, and it wasn't on this computer, <laughs> nope. so I got to redo everything I just did. That's okay because I, I fixed it on Anchor when we did episode sixty-one. It was posted to sixty-two. Perfect. So we don't know what we're doing. We're in the sixties, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of last week's episode with Shane, that was on location on the test on the sound test sounded great. On the completion. The podcast was really hard to hear. However, watch that one on YouTube. Watching YouTube, we use the same microphone for some for whatever reason. On the podcast, the sound quality was not as good, but on YouTube, the sound quality is excellent. It's amazing. So, if you want to re-listen at, at better quality, check out the YouTube channel EVP.pod, uh, EVP podcast. You can find it either way and listen to that episode there. It's just a little better quality sound quality. You can see us all looking like we're the men in black. And with our glasses yeah, sunglasses on. Sunglasses on. It was toasty that day. It was pretty warm. Um, fat. Was there any uh, exciting moments Ooh. from that night? Um, yeah, we had food. It was that good, was good food. exciting. Very good food. As always, Beaker hosts a really great investigative potluck. Great food was had. I was very full. Yeah, that's good. good I'm Didn't doing another one new... in September, so... We maybe we'll have like a contest or something and invite one of the listeners to come oh. and participate in said potluck and investigation. Ah, we should do something like that. So. I have an idea. Oh, okay. So, um, also. But any, any evidence from. Yeah, any evidence from that night? Any good evidence? I did get to use the new flux. How was that? It was very good because it did not go off very much at all. Um, it did get it to go off a couple times. One of the times I did get it to go off, um, come to find out, an insect was flying nearby it, setting oh, it off. And so it works. It does work. It was <laughs> awesome because you know how it sends off that light when it uh, goes off. You know, something comes near it on one side, it'll, yeah. it'll make it light up. When that light came on, um, you could see the little fly kind of flying away from it. I was like, aha, an insect set that one off. But Maybe the, it was a spirit in insect form <laughs> could have been it but anyways like, it was it manifested as a fly <laughs> so it could communicate with you yeah all they're the known to do stuff. that yeah, yeah. They, it's what they're known to do <laughs> yeah it's but a new uh thing. it was cool seeing that it it was you know it did work when things came by it like that but it was cool seeing the light showing that it was an insect and it kind of it debunked that right <laughs> away um it did go off two other times during the night with no bugs and yeah, I saw that when it was in the big mill in the basement. Yeah. It just went off randomly. We tried to, that's when you started like seeing how close you had to be. And you had, you had it set up to where you had to be fairly close to set that off. Yeah. Because there was a lot of us down in the basement at that, that time. Yeah. I had it set to about either one foot or three feet away. You had to be that close yeah. to it. Yeah. It was about three feet. And there was, when that went off, there was no, there was that no one near it. And it didn't continue to go off. It just went off the once. Yeah. But it was in a known area that does have spirits. Um, could have just came out. There was a lot of us down there at the time, too, so probably didn't want to interact too much. What about the other mail meter? So the mail meter, I did have I did have one interesting incident. Um, I didn't. The REM pod feature didn't ever go off. Um, none of the spirits uh, set that off at all. But 
I was watching the EMF feature on it because it does kind of similar like a K2, but it's a digital readout. It gives you the actual numbers of milligrams. Right. Um, so I was in the small mill with my friend Russ from work, and we we're trying to talk to some of the spirits in there and trying to see if we can communicate. And I was watching the milligauss go from like 0.1 to like 0.4. It wasn't really doing a whole lot. And then our friend Brandy Bulo, different Brandy, but she still gets a ding. <laughs> um, well, that was loud. Why would you let me do that? I tried to stop um, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She was walking past the mill, and as she started walking by, I saw this thing spike up to like four or five. So not just point four, but like full on like five milligauss. And I got this feeling like like the spirits wanted to talk to her. And so I went out and grabbed her and brought her in. Like as I got up, I saw it drop back down to zero. And then when I brought her back in, I'm like, so here she is. Did you want to talk to her? And I see the milligauss again spike up to like five. So nice. that was like... What I had as far as the equipment went, um, it turned out there was a, a spirit there that wanted to cross over, so she was she was able to help with that. Oh, nice! But yeah, but other than that, I didn't really get a whole lot of activity with the. I thought I know, and I thought there would have been a lot more activity that night because there was a lot going on in the atmosphere with lightning shows happening, a um, little bit of rain that happened the, earlier that day. So I mean, there was there was like the the right atmosphere for some spooky stuff to go down. Yeah, and it was just. Not, not all active. that active. Yeah, not and, that active. I mean, I've been to that location several times, and I usually get something. And, I mean, other than that one experience, I didn't really get anything that night. Yeah, it wasn't too active. It's still fun. Good times. The The sad thing is, is like a week before we went, because we went last weekend, so like two weeks ago, um, some vandals broke into mm-hmm. the ground oh, and yeah. like vandalized a lot of the buildings. And in the big mill, they had some tarps in the windows. And we were getting some false um, thoughts in our head because we thought it, the way when the wind hit these things just right, it literally sounded like footsteps on the second floor. Oh, really? Um, so, so with those wood or the plastic over the windows and everything? Yeah. So at first we, we thought we were hearing footsteps and we were trying to figure it out. And then someone realized it was just the wind hitting those. Uh, and it was weird because like it was a, it's a tarp and, you know, you can usually tell what, you know, when a tarp's blowing in the wind. If you ever heard that, it's a very like distinctive sound. But for some weird reason, it literally sounded like the wood upstairs, the floor creaking like someone walking on it. <laughs> but yeah, we we were able to debunk, debunk. That, debunk and figure that out. Um, well, the week, no, the day after that, I went back out near there to the Great Salt Lake uh, at the Saltaire to look at the sky for the meteor shower that was going to happen. And when I was looking at that, I saw something crazy in the sky. That airplanes? Like he saw airplanes. I saw airplanes. <laughs> satellites. And satellites. satellites. Actually, the satellite, I did see a satellite that I thought was kind of weird at first until some other guys told me, no, that's a satellite. And I was kind of tripping because when I remember looking at the sky, satellites were really small, really far away, and moved pretty slow. This was really a lot closer and a lot bigger and moving a lot faster. And I was like, holy shit. But yeah, you know, it's just straight line, linear. You could tell it's, it's a satellite. But yeah, it was a lot closer. But anyways, before I saw that, I saw something real weird in the sky. So I'm waiting for the sky to get dark so we can see the meteor shower. Uh-huh. And as it's starting to get darker, as the sun's dropped, you can see a few bright stars and planets right at that moment. And right directly in front of me, there's two bright stars. 
and you know they're just kind of draw your attention to those anyways watching the sky i see something start to um strobe underneath one of those stars and it's really really faint is it colorful no okay not at all like what color of light um i would say a white a whitish bluish but faint like i said it was really faint so it's not a star so kind of how a star would twinkle but not as bright very very faint anyways this starts this starts from uh kind of by where one of those stars are a little to the side and starts dropping and i'm thinking this is strange but it could be a parachuter this is exactly how it started for betty and barney hill so i'm thinking a parachute could be falling like that they could have lights on their parachute maybe or or glow sticks or something maybe i don't know but it's strobing and it's weird anyways it's going straight down for a little bit stops there and then goes at a diagonal okay and starts falling diagonal for a little bit and then stops at a point and then comes back you know back the other way but straight across not falling anymore coming straight across and then stops again drops down again and then stops and it stays there but it's and this whole time it's strobing very faintly that when in between strobes you can lose sight of it and can't catch it again until you start seeing those faint strobes Anyways, after a couple minutes of it in that same spot and hasn't moved from that spot, um, out of nowhere, a giant flash comes from that spot. Like as if somebody was standing there and took a picture with their flash on, kind of a flash, like white, bright flash, just in that little pinpoint spot of where that was, and then gone. No more strobing light, nothing. Um, As the meteor shower started later on, you could see how the meteors were, you know, little streaks across the sky. This thing didn't streak. This did nothing. This was just one flashpoint. It was hmm. weird. I've never seen anything like that. I haven't watched the skies in years, but that was really cool to see something like that. Interesting. How does your rectum feel? It's, you know that picture I just showed you about <laughs> those donuts? It looked like that. It looks like Monday's donut. <laughs> Oh, that's <laughs> gross. Jellyfield and oozing out. Not anymore. <laughs> well, all right. This episode. I saw a ghost at work. Oh, oh yeah. you did. Let's Before we start the episode. I saw a ghost at work. Okay, tell us about the ghost at work. So I occasionally have to be on top of the trucks because I get the milk samples to test to make sure it's good quality milk. And normally when I'm the one that's on top of the truck, I'm the only one that like comes up on the catwalks, you know, cause we rotate on who's doing what. And as I'm on top of the truck, I, out of the corner of my eye, I see someone walking down the catwalk. And so I turn to look to see who the hell's up there with me. Cause there's not supposed to be anybody. And when I just quickly turn my head, they're gone. Nobody there. Hmm. A little bit later, my coworker, he saw someone poke their head around the corner when he was working on a truck. He's by himself? He was by himself. Okay. I was in the office. He was out, uh, I mean, drivers in his truck. He's at the very back of the trailer uh, cleaning the the valve that's on the back of the trailer. And okay. he sees someone poke their head around the corner. And so he looks to see who it's at is and gone. Nobody there. Okay. I mean, this is all within a matter of seconds after we both saw somebody um, at different times in the same day. And when we look to see who the hell is there with us, there's no one there. So, I, real uh, quick, he saw a head pop out, and you saw what? I saw a person, like a full P- body apparition, walk? like walking okay. on this catwalk. 
And that was in your peripheral, or yeah. you like just no? It, for me, it was in my peripheral. So oh. I out of the corner of my eye, I see someone walking by, and so I just turn to see who the hell's up there They're with gone. me, and gone. There's nobody there. So, happened a lot to me at Dannon. So, um, so there's this app, and I phone apps for ghost hunting are usually crap, and I I still do not know on this one, but there was an app that uh, has like an SLS camera feature. Mm-hmm. And I was just curious because, you know, it's not extremely busy. I think we just had the one truck there at the time. So I turn on this app and I start walking around. And if anyone at work is listening, they're probably like, you should be working. But um, <laughs> He was working. I was working. Walking from one point to another point. Well, see, I, there was the bay doors were open. So as I was walking to close the bay doors, I just working. was looking at my phone. Um Working, but what was interesting is like I didn't really see anything. Um, it did pick up like one of the pillars in one of the, in the the bays that made it look like there was a person there, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so it does kind of detect things that are forms, like, yeah. And so, but I wasn't really seeing anything. And then, as I'm coming back into the office, um, I noticed as I just like kind of scanned real quick, uh, it something popped up on the screen. I was like, okay. So I'm like, let me see if I can recreate that. Cause there were kind of like chemical barrels mm-hmm. in the area. So I was thinking, okay, maybe it was thinking one of these barrels is something. So I kept trying to recreate it and I finally got it to where it started doing it again, but it wasn't picking up anything. It wasn't picking up one of the barrels. It was actually in between the barrels. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went and got my coworker and I'm like, Hey, check this out. Like it's actually showing something. And when I was pointing the camera and showing him, he's like, that's exactly where I saw the person that was oh. looking at me. So I tried to hit record real quick and it stopped doing it. Like the second I hit record, it stopped doing it. it. So, so I, t- I took a picture and I sent it to Brandy and she actually confirmed. And it, this could be pure coincidence. I don't know how well this app actually works. I want to do some more testing with it, cool. but right in the same spot, where it was picking up something on my camera um, is where she said she saw the spirit in the picture. And I, nice. I sent you the picture. Yep. And I didn't tell you where she said it was. And you picked out exactly where. Because, I mean, it wasn't just like a zoomed in picture. It was pretty much the whole entire yeah. bay. You could see the whole truck and everything. Mm-hmm. And you picked out right where it was, too, in the picture. Yeah. I mean, I felt it in that, in that spot. Yeah, right there. It was pretty cool. Um, when you were talking about seeing people in your peripheral at, at work... Um, the, so there was a point what made me start to decide I wanted to start investigating was because after, um, divorce, well, going through the divorce with my daughter's mom while working there, you know, just a lot of stress and stuff involved and my past and, you know, having a lot of spirits that, that I was dealing with as a child, all of a sudden things started happening to me there at work where I was seeing people walking towards me in my peripheral and I'd look up to see who's, who's coming at me. Nobody's there. And, I mean, that's kind of what got me going, okay, you know what? Maybe I should start investigating and getting into this and seeing why and all these things. But, yeah. yeah. I was able to find out this person, her name was, like, Harriet. And apparently she was just there with someone, one of the other employees, and she was just hanging out until the person got off work. Interesting. About the only information we got. So, there's also, like, a 15-year-old kid that hangs out there. I've seen him plenty of times. Cool. Um, But, yeah, it's... I just, it's really cool when you're not expecting it and it just kind of happens. Right. Yeah. You, you yeah. When you're not see a, like investigating. A yeah. Yeah. Doing my daily work 
Um, well, you're not asking them to interact with you. Right? Yeah, and then it happens. Right? Then I didn't ask for like, this. Not today. <laughs> I'm busy. Don't you know I got stuff to do? Uh, all right. Let's talk about today's episode. We are going to talk about Stardust Ranch. Oh, what's is that the the new sauce for the McDonald's? No, this is <laughs> this is not your average space nugget sauce. Because every like Coke's doing their Starlight. Um, Thing. No, this is not a promotional space nugget sauce dip. I, this, this when, is, you, when you said, let's do this, I said, isn't that the new Mountain Dew flavor? Um, <laughs> no, Starlight Coca-Cola. Starlight Coca-Cola. Tastes like cotton candy. Yeah, cotton Or raspberries candy. or s'mores. Nothing like Starlight. <laughs> yes. Well, I've had you know, Starlight. Have you, so when did you have Starlight? Like, did when you, I was probed like, by aliens, they took me into space. Like the stars? When they finger banged me. That's, that's, well... You dip in your that's fingers in some stardust. Yeah. They dip their fingers in his stardust. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, uh, this is a ranch in Maricopa County, Arizona, mm-hmm. about an hour and a half away from Phoenix. In Rainbow Valley. Rainbow Valley. This guy, uh, John Edmonds, yes. and his wife, Joyce, they bought this ranch in uh, 1996. In June. June of 1996. And when they did so, they thought it was strange that the belongings of the past owner was still inside. Like Everything. as if they were living there. Yeah, as if they still lived there. They didn't take a thing. Which they were not happy about. No, because they had all their stuff to move in. Yeah. <laughs> so before they could move in, they had to unload all this crap out of this house like the owner just disappeared yeah from from what i heard in his interview with dave schrader um that they he had acquired the property from someone that had basically got it from one of those bankruptcy cells Mm -hmm. and just basically which is another strange thing of why did somebody just let it you know this is a big property this is five acres or no bigger than that it's like 10 acres yeah 10 acres and I mean, it's a huge property, and for somebody to just abandon it for horse ranching, yeah. So they do like horse stuff there, and well, before that, uh, the family before the family that abandoned it, it was also abandoned by that family. Yeah, they were cattle ranchers, and right. they were successful cattle ranchers until one day, like the day before their kid was supposed to graduate from high school, the kid went into like the kitchen and um, he unalived himself with a gun in his mouth. And, in the and, house. In the house. They were like successful cattle ranchers. This family from Mexico, I believe. Um, they were wow. doing really well. And hmm. they, um, after that incident, they their whole family fell apart and they ended up just like selling it and leaving. Um, I think between them, that, that family, and the John and his wife, um, he was saying in his interview that like when he was trying to get someone from the phone company to come set up a phone line, like no one wanted to come out because of the history of the place. And it wasn't anything to do with paranormal aliens. Like it's just what had happened. Apparently there's been uh, at one point it was turned into like a whorehouse and uh, an illegal gambling and all that. Oh, um, so, and I think there's been some other deaths I think he was saying. So there's, I mean, not just with the paranormal, there's been other like going ons there. Um, that could have created energy to get stuck. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Another previous owner, come to find out, uh, they. Uh, I was reading this story where they interviewed one of the previous owners that lived there in the 70s. And uh, let's see. According to her, strange things happened on the property when she lived there in the early 70s. Uh, the, they were also eager to leave, and she and her siblings spotted a green something lurking in the hallway. Oh, 
Even a non-believer spotted a strange figure one night, and after chasing it through the house, returned shaking and with hairs on his arms standing straight up. No one was there. Huh. So that was that was early 70s, things already happening with little creatures running cool. around. And I think like the one of the original owners, like the guy that originally bought the property, um, built his house and everything on it, and his wife like refused to move in. Like she felt something off there on the property, and they ne- they never even like he built this house and they never even lived in it. That's yeah. how afraid his wife was. Interesting. So all sorts of weird stuff going on here. Ghost Adventures was there because I mean this guy he seems like a kook. He's off his rocker when he's talking about the things going on here. So even even when Ghost Adventures were there, Zach was kind of like, okay, weirdo. And Zach himself has got a weird. <laughs> yeah, when the weird guy's calling you weird, you know, you're weird. Yeah, um, but even they ended up leaving with like, holy shit, there's some stuff going on here. Like they ended up even having, uh, they were interviewing this news reporter who the news reporter was a skeptic. And she had heard about this place and was like, okay, well, let's do a story here and I'll spend the night there. She spent the night. She spent the night and was freaked out of her mind. She was the only one in the house and she was having little things running around the living room. Yeah, she, things were scurrying around. Things the room. were running around and like she would spot little things moving around. <laughs> and she was so freaked out. She, I don't think she spent the night. I think she left early. Yeah, she did leave early. And she was like, I ain't going back there. Yeah, she was a skeptic. And she was a skeptic, and she had crazy things happening to her. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it like mice or something? Bigger than mice. Like armadillos. Bigger than armadillos, maybe. R-O-U-F- <laughs> R-O-U-F is? Yes, yes. 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 of unusual size. <laughs> yep. Now, when, when the Edmonds bought the property, and they went to move in, and the previous owner stuff was all still out there, they called their realtor. The realtor said, okay, all right, we'll, we'll take care of that. So they get back to the home. And it's empty now, but do you know? But guess where their furniture is now? The previous owner's furniture is now in the swimming pool. In the swimming pool, all all of the previous owner stuff that was in the house got moved into the swimming pool, and they bounced again. They're like, "Right, you can move in now. We're out." Like they just did not want to be a part of this. They wanted to be out of it. They just threw everything in the pool. <laughs> but those previous owners, um, and I don't know, I can't validate this is true. Apparently, they had called onto a show and said, "Yeah, everything John Edmonds is saying is all true." Huh. And that's what the person said. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen validation that those were. I don't know if they really validated. Okay, let me check the the county records to make sure you are the previous owner. So I don't think that ever happened. Apparently, someone had called into a show and said, "Yeah, everything John Edmonds is saying is true." So let's talk about some were of the, the previous crazy owners. things that he's talking about. One of the craziest things is killing the Greys with a samurai sword. Well, can I go before that? Yes, no. yes, yes, yes. Soon after they took ownership, somebody came out of the tree line. Oh, that's right. This cra- yes, yes, the yes, crazy yes. guy the with crazy a machete. Guy. He was a machete. Well, he was the caretaker. He was the caretaker, and they're like, he's like, there. who are you? He's like, I live here. <laughs> and they're like, well, no, you, we live here now. We just bought it, so you have to leave. Because obviously, I would be freaked out too if somebody walked out of a tree line and they have a big machete in their hand. Yeah, and, and he said I he live was, here. And didn't he say I like was hired I'm the one, by the owners? He was. Like, he didn't say like I'm the one that keeps the monsters away. Yes. I keep the monsters away. He's yeah. like, well, you need to leave. He goes, are you sure you want me to leave? So this guy is the caretaker, keeps the monsters away, and carries a machete. Now, Ghosty, go back to John Edmonds and his samurai sword. So now that nobody is keeping the monsters away, he's coming to find out that there are monsters. Well, he has a horse ranch. 
He uh, found, like, apparently people just, like, they decide they can't take care of their horses, right? So they just abandoned them in the desert. And so he started, like, getting hay and stuff and, like, started, like, feeding these, like, sort of, I guess, domesticated wild horses and ended up bringing them back to the ranch. And he started, like, a, like a horse rescue. And uh, he was talking about, like, over a course of, like, a year and a half, he found a couple of his horses that were just, like, mutilated, like, missing their reproductive organs, like, missing their eyes and stuff and... Uh, was talking about like their uh, anus area was like had been like uh, cut apart or something and I know Dave asked him Dave Schrader asked him if you know if he saw him like the horse fine one day and then it was like this the next day because you know sometimes when um, when an animal dies out in the wild those are like the parts of the body that like other wild animals would pick at coyotes they like Mm -hmm. the soft parts they do the soft parts um, which would make sense but he's like He's like, no, it was, they were there one day and the next day they were like this. So I thought you were that, cutting me off to talk about the damn samurai sword. Well, so that's, this is why he has the samurai okay. sword. Okay. Because they started seeing the Brillo men is what he was calling them. The Brillo men. Yes. So, okay, yeah. So he starts carrying the samurai sword. Well, I thought it was because it was sitting on his mantle. And so, that he well, used that because they were the greys were in the house and well, they were coming at him. So he grabs that as the well, only weapon close someone, by. Someone told him, because um, he was saying like these Brillo men, they, he said they look like Brillo pads. And then he started seeing the greys later. But he was saying that they were able to like walk through fences and stuff. And they could just phase, like, phase yes. through things. And um, it's, it's weird because in the beginning of the interview, he was talking about how they would shoot at him. And then he bullets started, wouldn't affect them. Bullets wouldn't affect them. The bullets would just go through them. And someone had apparently told him that he needed to use like a baseball bat or a samurai sword because um, that's what he had. And they said this is more effective. So that's why he had the samurai sword. Gotcha. So when he saw the greys in the house, and he ended up going after them with the samurai sword, and he said when he kills them, they disappear. They disintegrate they unless vanish. he severs the head and detaches and, and calls it unplugging the antenna. Then the body stays and it won't vanish. So he, you know, he's making these claims of killing all these grays. Yes. And then he has tissue left over, tissue and blood samples. So he says he has a buddy that's a scientist that he sends these samples into to get tested. And... He tells his buddy, you know, how he obtained these. And his friend tells him, you have the smoking gun. This is the smoking gun that proves that aliens exist. Because these tissues are not just in blood samples, are not just hemoglobin. It's also chlorophyll, which is what's found in plants. So this is like nothing on on earth has that mixture of chlorophyll and hemoglobin. Yeah, because you can't be both plant and human at the same time. Or plant-animal mix. Um... So well, this... one of these attacks with the samurai sword, he was defending his wife because, like, I guess they woke up and she was like levitating. Oh yeah, like, that's were... a whole big story we got to talk about. Okay, we'll, we'll yeah, get we'll that. get into that. That's okay. a big I'm big jumping story. Jumping ahead, <laughs> let's finish with the scientist. So yeah, the scientist, let's the scientist. He, after he tells uh, John about you know this is the smoking gun, you have proof that aliens exist. All of a sudden, the scientist suicides himself. He gets finished, yeah. as you said. Well, we did finish this. The... <laughs> yes. So he offs himself in a strange manner for no reason, out of nowhere, which uh, this is his buddy and has no, he knows his buddy and his buddy would never kill him. So he has no reason to. He's not depressed, anything. 
but now he has certain information and evidence that puts him in danger and maybe he wasn't being very secretive about the information he had might have told people and those people were like lizard people so they're like he's on to us <laughs> so this is two suicides at least now uh regarding the ranch because the the kid that killed himself oh, yeah. um he was like star athlete he did really well in school no he reason to be popular like there's no reason so this is now two suicides. But this suicide seems more government suicided. <laughs> he was unalived by the government. And uh, so now, and then the samples that that were in in his possession were all disappeared as well. But he still has the letter from the scientist that says everything on it about what it is and what was in it and all that. So that he still has, and he was showing that on the show of Ghost Adventures. Um, how do but, you know he didn't write it himself and make up this whole story? Uh, look at the letter. Okay. <laughs> look at the credentials That's... of who wrote it. And, you know, do some research yourself, bud. I, I didn't do that far, okay? <laughs> um, These are the hard-hitting questions we need answers to. <laughs> so, with that, he, you know, he's like, now, okay, he's afraid to take any other samples into anybody because he doesn't want anyone else to, to disappear and suicide themselves. Um, so, so convenient. So then, fast Just forward kidding. to the part that you were talking about, where one night his, you know, he his wife was already scared to stay there. Yeah, this, all this goings on was and, causing problems in the marriage because they were she arguing. Was, she, she wanted, was getting, she wanted to bounce. She was having things happening to her at night and unexplainable things, and he ended up. Um, Oh, sorry. It's, someone's crying. Are you whining? <laughs> no, the door's closed. Dale's dog is. So ghosties. Dale, ghosties. When um, one night she's getting levitated and pulled down the hallway, and he wakes up to seeing her getting taken out tap, of tap, the room, tap, tap, tap. and like floating down the hallway, and he's chasing after her. And as he's doing this. He, he grabs, like, a, an assault rifle. He grabs an AK-47, I believe. Okay. And he ends up taking this, following her outside. And as she's getting, like, levitated up to the ship, there's, like, a cone light coming down. Mm -hmm. And he just takes the gun and just starts blasting at the light, thinking he's hitting his wife. Because she's even said, if they try to take me, kill me. She said, I would rather be killed than letting them take me. Mm -hmm. So him no already knowing this, she's already told this to him. She's getting lifted off in the lights, so he just starts unloading. He just unloads. He's not trying to purposely kill his wife. He just he's trying to kill whatever's taken. He's her. just shooting at the light, but yeah. knowing that there's a possibility he might be hitting his wife. Right. Um, but at the same time, she's already said that I want you to kill me. So he's shooting at this light. It's like it shuts off, and she comes back down. He catches her. He thinks, oh no, I, he's like I, I got. Her. He thinks that he might have killed her, and she ended up being okay. No, she didn't get hit with anything. Uh, and then after that, he ended up, they tie her to the bed at night to sleep. So after that event happened, they ended up, or he, yeah, with her agreement, <laughs> with her asking for it, uh, keep her tied to the bed so that never happens again. They're in a bondage. It sounds like it. So, yeah, that whole thing went down with his wife. And, I mean, it just sounds craziness. It sounds like this guy's off his rocker. But when you have all these people showing up there and they're experiencing their own things, it's like, okay, is is he did he start crazy or is this making him go crazy? So, and I, I'm sorry, I had to let Ghosty's dog in because he was whining at the door. But 
Did you mention how he, one time he walked in and she was like levitating two feet off the yeah. bed? Um, well, I was talking about that night where she was levitating and got, it was getting like dragged down the hallway. Yeah, but there's one of the first things is he just walked into the room and she was she was levitated. Okay, no, I didn't two say feet that. off the bed and there was three grays around her, like touching at her and stuff like that. No. Oh, okay, <clears throat> no. And, and then, then, he, then his samurai skills kicked in to effect. Mm-hmm. And then they Slash. Like, yeah! There is no Dana, only Zul. Um, Another thing he talked about, too, is when he's attacking them, they don't fight back. No. And he doesn't attack all of them. Because he says there's, like, there's two kinds. There's the kind that just kind of just are there. They just kind of walk around his kitchen or whatever. And then there's the kind that are like, he's like they're kind aggressive. of aggressive. Like, yeah, they're more aggressive. They're kind of like bully-like. They're almost like they're in a gang. And he's like, those are the ones I just slash away at. But but other ones, but, but leave them alone. So his idea, yeah, talk about the dogs. He, he opened up some some thoughts in my head when he talked about how his thoughts on the greys uh, are that they are avatars. He thinks that they are just sent here and they're being controlled by the mind of their actual Bodies are yeah, controlling you're, you're these. Jumping way ahead. Okay, that's fine. We can go there. Okay. There's but, so much other evidence, but well, well, we could talk about this, and we could talk about more about it. But I'm just saying, he this thought of his opened my mind because of how he's attacking them, and they're not fighting back. It's maybe because they don't care because this is just an avatar, and they can create more, which also makes sense why it could be part blood and part plant. Maybe they're you know making all these grays, and that's why they all look the same. Clones. Yeah, they're like cloning them and growing them out of gardens of, of grays. The garden of grays. <laughs> and they just chop them off and send them down to Earth or whatever planet they're investigating um, as avatars and are being controlled by someone else. Who may be in the ship. And, you know, and they're sending the grays down and they're just controlling them. Who knows? But it sounds pretty dope. It's a good idea. That's why they vaporize unless you cut their heads off. Could be. There can be only one. <laughs> or if you stab them through the wall and then somehow but he says, the whole he, body disappears except for the little part that's attached to the sword. That's how he gets evidence to send out to scientists that kill themselves. Yes, yes. So, Beaker, you're going to say something about the, his, his dogs? Yeah, one, in one of the attacks uh, he was talking about, um, the, it was one of the ones where he got the samples to send to his friend. Um he said his dogs had like grabbed one of them and pinned him to the ground and just started tearing it apart. And then he got the other one with a sword and he like stabbed it through the wall. Like, so he stabbed it and the sword actually went through the, all the way through its body and through the wall. And it was the part that was on the other side of the wall that stayed on the sword and the rest of the body just like vanished, like hmm. disappeared. But what happened to his dogs? Uh, that's all I heard. So I'll tell you what happened to his dogs. So he had two Rottweilers. So they, you know, they were biting and attacking this gray. Within 30 minutes, they started feeling sick, the dogs. Oh, that's right. Um, on, um, I think it was the next day, they were at 50% of their body weight. And, uh, and you know, he's taking them to the vet trying to figure this out. And then the, the day after that, they were dead after attacking this gray. So don't eat aliens. So he, had, he had two Rottweilers. He then later got another dog and he... Was coming home one day, pulled was pulling into his. I don't. I, wouldn't, I don't know if I saw a driveway because it's, it's a ranch, it's a no road. pavement, it's a dirt road. But he's pulling up to his house, and there is a gray standing over his dog, and it had like it looked like a flashlight, and it started pointing towards the dog, and it burned a hole into the dog. So, that was uh, what they think mut- they used to mutilate, right? Because it's like almost like a cauterizing, like a la- yeah, cauterizing laser, yeah. of some kind. Um, 
also, so there's a lot of investigators. He lets investigators go out on his property. Um, apparently, uh, that these aliens do drop things and they leave artifacts and stuff. So these investigators spotted spotted one on the property. It froze and dropped something and took off. Hmm. Um, they went over to check what it was and they said it was a small round stone. It features a hollowed out center resembling the many portals that John sees on his ranch. So he sees portals all the time that open yeah. up. And he says out of these portals, these ships will fly in and out of them. And he said on that stone that was dropped by this creature, it looks just like the portal. Hmm. He said it's a hollowed out stone. Maybe that's a, a device that's the garage door opener. <laughs> <laughs> Boop. So uh, that is pretty, pretty strange. Um, yeah, but he, he kind of starts, he can, because he sees them so often, he kind of predicts when they're going to phase in and out of these portals. And so he'll slash towards the, the new opening. Yeah. That's where he'll slash at, like, ah, I gotcha. And the phasing, movements. the phasing things where they're phasing in and out, it, it causes such vibration that it ended up moving, it shifted one of his windows. Because now, after doing that, it, sh- it vibrated his window so much that it kind of shifted it out of place that he can't open and close it properly anymore. Mm. And it was all after something was vibrating it violently, phasing in and out of that section of the house. Interesting. Uh, so now he has to use like a, a butter knife to kind of pry it into place <laughs> before he can open and close it. Um, they also end up having uh, scars left behind a lot. So they say uh, they frequently... With his tangles with the aliens, he gets marks to prove it. Um, and he has one nasty mark on his calf. He said it came from uh, malevolent ET. And then they experience skin punctures and triangular depressions in the skin with severe bruising and skin disfigurement, similar to what one would experience if exposed to radiation. And mm. then it's followed by nausea, gastrointestinal distress, and chronic fatigue and muscle weakness. Did you see they the picture? The farts. They get the, the farts. Did you see the picture with the scar? No, I did not see the scar. It's big. It covers mm. like it's across his whole leg. It's several, like probably four or five inches long. It's, really? It, and it's a little deep too. Like it's thick. It's big. I wonder if he did it to himself with the samurai sword. Probably. I it. mean, it's possible. This dude's probably on opiates, <laughs> and they're causing him to hallucinate but he says these these he calls them stargates he said they're like stargates that open um but he says yeah they're they're big enough for uh triangular crafts with wings or orb-like ships to pass through and uh they leave the space around the ranch and other craft re-enter the sky around the ranch uh so yeah these these ships are opening portals and going all around his place and on his property yeah, speaking of these portals, they... Oh, your beaker showing me a picture. Okay. I was, I was yeah. trying to find it, couldn't find that's it. The, oh, shit, that's, that is deep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of these that's portals, uh, John has said that he wonders if there's also some type of time travel capacity with these portals because he has seen, like, Roman guards or people in military outfits from, like, Civil War walking around in his house. Interesting, and you know, there's no reason for that, especially out in his ranch. And I don't know the interaction with him. Now he doesn't give a lot of details as well during these interviews because he's been wanting to write a book, which he has now published. We'll talk about that at the end. Um, 
But in all these all these interviews, everything that we're talking about with his interviews, things like that, he's he has said that that is about twenty percent of what is happening because he does he doesn't want to divulge it all. He wants people to get the book when it comes out. And uh, so the, all, everything we were talking about is, is only about he's saying was what twenty percent of what it's encountered. He's also said he's had people come over, guests, you know, friends come over. And, you know, for him, seeing a water bottle just kind of fly, not a big deal for him anymore. He's so used to it. But he says it's funny how he'll be sitting in the maybe the living room with guests talking, and he's talking with his, with his guests, and then all of a sudden they just stop, and their mouth just drops because behind him a grave just kind of walked behind John or something like that. <laughs> and they just kind of – he leaves – again, if, they're, if they don't have malicious intent, he leaves those ones alone. He just – you know, they kind of – wander around and he leaves them alone yeah in his interview with dave schrader he dave mentioned several times how like he's telling these stories of all this shit that's happened to him and dave's like you sound super calm about this he's, he's very nonchalant about the storytelling it's like he's like yeah i'm just used to it because at this point i think the interview was like in 2016 uh, at this point he'd been dealing with the shit for like 20 years yeah so it's just kind of like, man, it's like everyday life for me. And it mm-hmm. seems like he's shut up about it since 2017. So the article, the picture I just showed you, that was an article from like Channel 12 News in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, it was talking about how he was trying to sell it for like $5 million yes. in 2017. I couldn't yes. find any information since 2017. Exactly, and I think that's because he's been writing his book. Yeah, because he's like, I want... I want the story to come out. I want you to buy my book. And that's why I think he's, he's been quiet about it since then because he's been writing his book. He doesn't want to divulge any more than what he already has besides selling the property and nobody bought it. Uh, five million is a hefty dollar amount, especially if people are going to end up killing themselves or get could possibly mm. disappear. Yeah, the conjuring house is only going for like $1.5 But, you know, if you, if you think this is a type of activity that's going to happen... You might be interested in buying it for five. I'm sure. I'm surprised uh, Bigelow didn't try buying it. Bigelow. Yeah, the guy that bought Skinwalker Ranch before Brandon Fugel did. Yeah. He he bought it so he could investigate it and you know try to get evidence and try to get a demogorgon or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm surprised he's not trying to buy Skinwalker Ranch or not Skinwalker. He did buy Skinwalker. I'm surprised he's not trying to buy Stardust Ranch. To check these claims. So as as of now, do we know if it has been purchased? Has anyone no, bought it? No, I don't think okay. so. It's never. Uh, nobody bought it. It's. I don't know if it's even listed for sale anymore. But 2017, five million. It could probably go for way more than that now. But yeah, nobody. Nobody seems to be interested. Hmm. Interesting. I do want to go down there and just watch the skies and hang out in his house for grays. <laughs> It'd be. I mean, that'd be interesting. So I, I, I did mention that he was, you know, we, we talked about he's, he's writing his book. He has released the book. It came out in the end of 2019. And the book is called Stardust Ranch, The Incredible True Story. And you can get it on Kindle. So I'm on Amazon right now. You can get it on Kindle for $9.99. You can get the paperback for $22.95 or the hardcover for $34.95. No audio. Oh, and if you, if you have a subscription to Audible, it's it's there. If you have a subscription to Audible, is he the one narrating it? Or I don't know it? who I don't know who's reading it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can listen look, to his. It, I don't have voice. a subscription. So I, I would. Like, it would be cool if it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So you're listening to the governor of California talking about the aliens in Arizona. That's yeah, good. that's good. That's good. <laughs> but I was reading some of the reviews. Okay, it's got a four star review. 
And I'm just kind of reading um, some of the reviews. So, uh, 260 reviews. Okay. I heard 260 is averaging four star out of five. That's not bad. And some of the things I'm reading you were people are like, this is this is outlandish. These are some crazy stories. You know, he says he, he got the samurai sword off a fallen truck, I guess. You know, so I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm thinking about reading this book. It's about 300 pages. And... Um, so just creating some of the stories, people like, I don't know, this, some some of the seems sim, really far fetched. Saying that he, that it's far fetched that he got the samurai sword off a fallen truck. The whole story, the whole story, the, like the whole book. They're saying the whole really? book is hard to believe. And okay, hard. Okay, a samurai sword you can pick up at any shop at the mall, uh, any Asian gift store. I've got. Four exactly. Five so they're not hard to come by. Yeah. So I mean, museum replicas. There's plenty of. I know com. people that do actually pick up boxes off the side of the road that they see that could have fallen off of cars and trucks, and they check it for goods, and they end up getting some free stuff. I personally know four people that have found samurai swords on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're easily I mean, uh, easily obtained. Yeah. Like I, said, I own four at least so four samurai swords. That part alone, just saying, oh, how well, is hard okay, to believe. Forget it, that's just one story. Okay, that's just one review. I mean, there's there's a lot of reviews. People are like, this is hard to so, believe. I find it hard. But then there's well, other I find reviews. Interesting. So he's got an overall four star rating. So there's there can't be that many reviews that are like this is bullcrap. No, let me get to it. Okay. <laughs> so there's some reviews where people are like, thank you for telling the story because I've had similar stories. I've had similar situations, and I don't, I don't know how to talk about this. I don't, I don't know how to explain this. And if you, if, unless you've had these situations, this book might not make sense for you. But for me, this makes this makes total sense for me. So it's interesting to hear these different conflicting reviews. I'm actually going to buy this, but I'm going to buy it on Kindle for ten dollars. I want to. I'm very curious in this book. And uh, I don't know if you guys all want to read it as well, and maybe we can talk, do another episode, like a follow up episode. I'll, I'll get the audio version because I don't read. Yeah, yeah maybe. I mean, this is, you said it's 300 pages. For me, that's 295 pages too long. That sounds <laughs> um, like three lifetimes. No. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not that great with But reading, the fact so. that all these stories we just told, that we just relayed, is supposedly 20% of what has really happened. I'm, these stories are incredible to me. I've never had these experiences, but I find these incredible stories. I want to know the other 80% now. No, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm on the hook. I'm on the hook. I want to find out the rest. What would you guys feel or what would you guys do? Say we say we went to this house or just say we went to anywhere that has alien activity like this. And as we were sitting there kind of trying to investigate or whatever, grays pop up in the room. Um, I mean, that's what we're there for. Yeah, but what would you do at that point? Okay, you're there for that. They show up. What do you do? Take a picture? Slice it and dice it. <laughs> well, I'm what? clearly taking... I've got four samurai swords, so we're good. <laughs> Actually, so your first have... instinct is to kill it. We Jeez, what's the matter with you? Well, that's what he did. No, Why would I not. want to be any different than <laughs> that him? That wasn't his first instinct. I think, <laughs> I think on the... stabbed him I think, advantage. I think, on the 20, I think on the 21 years he, he lived there, I think he said he's killed 19. Yeah, he's, he's out for blood. <laughs> well, that's, that's an average of less than one a year. That's so a... that's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hopefully like this is, so this is one of the cases where I would actually have, I, I would probably actually buy a new video camera. Um, and I would have, I would have cameras going to see if we could get something. I would try the video. whole mind talking ESP thing. If, well, if that's you, real, I'll, like just try it. Some of the, some of the negative feedback from the book has been, okay, you've got this book, you've all the experiences, where's the bodies, where's the pictures? Why have you not taken pictures of this stuff? So... 
I, I mean, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know why he hasn't. I know he took it to a scientist, off to himself, supposedly. But I don't know what he's done with the other bodies. Again, he's killed 19. They so. banned it. He's not cutting their heads off, apparently. Well, the, no, the ones that he's cut their heads off, there's, there's 19 of those. Right. So where, where are those 19 bodies? I don't know. Where's the pictures? I don't know. I don't, also, uh, but the thing is, if he, even if he had pictures, what what is that going to prove? No one's still people are going to be like people are going to pick it apart. Yeah, that can be obviously that's, big costume. That's but, paper mache. That's rubber. Yeah. You know, so pictures like, are not like going to give an orbs. answer. <clears throat> um, another thing they said about the flesh Whoa. is that it looked like grass. Uh, I'm I'm looking at Audible. I can't find how to like just buy the audiobook, so I'm not usually sure. with Kindle. You have to buy the the copy, and then you can for an extra charge buy. The audio, the audio version okay. as well. That's what I did with the show. I'll look into. I'll look into that. I'll probably spend it because it's usually like an extra five to ten dollars for the audio version on top of what it costs to get on the, the book. Kindle. Okay. Oh, yeah. this is his words about cutting their heads off. If you don't take the heads, they disappear. Edmund says. Right. He clarified. Unless you cut the head off and disconnect the antenna, so to speak, they instantly phone home. Even with a razor sharp sword, it is nearly impossible to decapitate them with one swing. Gonna hack at it. That makes yeah. sense because, um, you know, it takes a lot of force to remove someone's, even a person's head. That's why the guillotines, you know, they raise the blade up so high. Trust him, he knows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an expert in French history. In head cutting. In head cutting. <laughs> oh, this is another thing. It appears to be um, the skin looks like segmented grass, except it's not grass. Um, Speaking of skin, he has had multiple men in black show up to his house. Yes. Or show up to the Stardust Ranch. And he said sometimes they show up and their skin looks like, like raw chicken. Yes. Like pale, clammy. Yeah. And, and he doesn't want to talk to them. He's like, wait for the book, bud. <laughs> yeah, wait for the book. You can buy the book. <laughs> for the low, low price of $400. Yeah, so he said, he said multiple people have... In like you know military uh, vehicles that pulled up to the ranch and want to interview him and talk to him, he he doesn't talk to them. No, you have to buy the book. Yep, you can't buy the book. I think we should go there. It's just, okay. it's just one okay. state away. Well, how many miles? There's a lot of stuff that's one state away that. Well, we can go I mean, to. we can just go. We can just fly into Arizona, and then we can fly into Phoenix. It's an hour and a half drive, and we're there. Oh, you saying Phoenix? Actually, before he bought the ranch, him and his wife experienced the Phoenix Lights. Oh, they did experience the Phoenix, the Phoenix Lights. Lights. Yeah. Nice. In fact, we, that could be another episode as well, the Phoenix Lights. But um, they experienced the Phoenix Lights before they bought the ranch. And um, if you want to know what the Edmonds are up to today, apparently they, they've, they've moved away. They No one has bought it that we can find. Guess how much it's selling for right now. Okay, what? 867000 Not bad. It's, it's quite a price drop. Yes. <laughs> quite the price drop. So he, he enjoys have, I, I believe they bought another ranch up in Maryland. They're, they're still in the ranching business, but they moved away from Arizona. They're in Maryland. The last time I've done like a, see where they're at. Oh, I guess it did get foreclosed on. He's like, I got to get out of here. I can't. Not enough book sales. 20, 20 years is not enough. Oh, yes. Enough. It, it's, yeah, it is foreclosed on. It is for sale. It's on Zillow. Looking at it on Zillow. Well, okay, on Zillow, foreclosure doesn't always mean foreclose, by the way. it's Well, no, it says it on <clears> there. No, I, I understand. I've been house shopping. It doesn't always mean that. I'm just it's, just, it, it's it's on sale at auction.com. Oh, okay. Because it's foreclosed. <laughs> Let's buy it. And then we can investigate all the times. So, I mean, all right. We're so, moving to Arizona. Quick recap. 
Dogs chewed him up. And up died. the grays died. One lasered a hole in the other one. Um, they're they're going in and out of portals. Ships are coming in and out of portals or in and around the house. Um, he's seeing also random historical figures. Not not anyone in particular, but like I said, Roman looking guards and Civil War. Stargates opening. Yeah, his wife's being you know molested. Yeah, she's being yeah. finger banged. She's being she's being <laughs> levitated. She's being dragged into a ship. Um, bullets are not working. Yet a, yet a samurai sword. Yet a samurai sword. That mutilated horses. Guys, mutilated horses. Um, what else? The owners, previous owners, just like I'm out. I'm bouncing. I'm I'm foreclosing. Whatever. I gotta get out of here. Gaping sphincters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things that sound like, oh, that's crazy. Some things are like, ah, I don't know. That's kind of out of here. What do you guys think of John Edmonds and the whole Stardust Ranch? Is it? Fictitious? Is it real? Is it possible? Uh, go see the start with you. Listening to the guy talk, I would think he's crazy. I would think this guy's off his rocker. Probably more than half isn't happening, though, what he's talking about. But then, you know, seeing skeptics go there and they experience things, that's when I'm like, okay, maybe the ranch is making him crazy. Oh, well, speaking of, I've so, I said have, have, how guests have come over to the house and they're, all of a sudden their mouth will drop because they see something walking behind the couch or something like that. They've also had people that have stayed over, and they feel like these greys are more interested in women, because when there's a guy around, it's, it, let, it happens less less with guests that they're over. But men who have stayed have said, yeah, something like open up the covers. Basically, saw I'm a male, put down the covers and left. They just didn't show interest. But where girls will feel like they get grabbed or things like that, and so yeah, that's pretty interesting. What about you? What do you think about him, Beaker? Well, like I said, in the interview that I was listening to, he was very calm and collected about everything he was saying. And in my experience, I've I've met one other person. We've talked about him before, Travis Walton. He was the same. When he was at the convention that was here in Utah several years back, very calm, very collected. He's coming back, by the way. When, uh, when he was oh. telling his story, um, he, he wasn't... He wasn't like all worked up about it or excited about it or anything like that. He was just like very, seemed very sure of himself. Not like, you know, in an arrogant way or anything, but he was just very, very calm about the whole situation. Like he's telling his truth. Yes. Mm-hmm. So based on what I've heard, like all of this stuff sounds like absolutely insane. It sounds so absurd. It sounds like it's so fictitious. Like he's just pulling shit out of a movie. But based on his demeanor on the show um one of two things this stuff is actually happening or he is committed to this where he's told the story so much even if if it is a lie if it is all made up he's told it enough to where he actually believes it but like i said with travis walton i believe travis walton i believe that he experienced this so based on that and this guy having the same demeanor the same just looking telling his story the same way travis walton does I believe 100% true that this shit, this weird, wild stuff is actually happening or has actually happened to him. Yeah. Yeah, well, and you were just saying how usually he sounds batshit crazy. I don't think he does. I don't think he sounds... I mean, the stories yes, that he's the saying... Story sounds crazy. Listening sounds crazy, to him just... But him, he, does, he seems like... No, yeah, he seems like a normal person. Like, yeah, he talks right. matter of fact, just like Travis Walton. They talk matter of fact. But like I said, just listening to him... If you never met the guy and you just all of a sudden he just starts going off on all this crazy shit, 
killing aliens with swords, I'd be like, please never talk to me again. <laughs> I'm going to go over here. <laughs> Tell me more. Um, but, uh, I mean, this is how he kind of goes off on it and talks about the crazy uh-huh. stuff. But then kind of knowing more of a background about the place, knowing that skeptics go there and come out non-skeptical anymore, um, that's when I think maybe the place is making him crazy to a sense where he's just going off the rail and talking about the craziness. Yeah, you got the you got the news reporter, you got Ghost Adventures that was out there and so well, yeah. keep in mind there's twenty years of this. I mean right. and it was another one of those situations like yeah he did buy it in nineteen ninety six, but it was one of those situations kinda of like with the parent family where they put like their life savings into this house. Yeah. And like they're so trying to build a ranch. You here. can't just up and move like you you're out all that money like your, all of your all of your money is tied up into this property. Right. Um, you don't really have a choice. Like there is where where do you go? Like you'd be homeless. You can't afford another home yeah. unless you somehow sell this one. So it just seems like another one of those um, instances where you, you you just can't leave because financial reasons. Yeah. So you just you deal with it. That's the really your only option. Fascinating. So I think we should read this book. I kind of want to read this book now, and maybe we should like recap. Let's still, let's let's find if there's more stories we didn't hear about. And after reading now, do we still believe, or do we now do we have more doubts? You know, I'm, I'm, maybe let's let's read the book. And okay, let's, let's touch back on this in a couple months. I like let's it. Let's do that. All right, um, y'all. And let's let's. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it. Like, follow, subscribe, all that fun shit. Tell your friends about us. <laughs> We're on social media. It's evp.pod on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We don't know how to use it, but we have it. Um, if you want to tell us your story of the Grays or if you've had an experience oh, yeah. at Stardust Ranch, email us at evp.pod at gmail.com. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Go see don't play that. Peace out, butterflies. Welcome to the Garden of the Grays. <laughs>